Hello and welcome on the Broken Compass show, show where we talk about how people navigate their life through thick and thin, with all the good, bad and bittersweet that comes with it, because life is not always rainbows and sunshine, is it? Today I'm going to talk to Oliver. Oliver is Euro 20 under 20, founder of Startup Latino and was also head honcho of leading student startup accelerator. He has also studied somewhere at Princeton, did internship at famous CERN Institute and just finished his BA in mechanical engineering and management at the top university of Manchester. Yes, he is an accomplished guy, but also he is an incredibly funny and self-aware guy. Today you are going to hear how Oliver thinks and makes decisions to find his life path. We're going to talk about why fear might be an important part of your inner compass and why flipping a coin might be good for decision making. If you enjoy Broken Compass, don't forget to share your favorite episode with someone. You can also join the new Broken Compass WhatsApp community, where you can discuss the latest episode with me and other listeners, get support or solution when you feel lost or stuck, give me feedback to improve the podcast, or follow my own journey to find my new direction in life. Well, now sit back and enjoy the conversation with Oliver. Hey, Oliver. Welcome on the Broken Compass. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for inviting me. It's, it's, it's a lovely opportunity. Perfect, perfect. And you know, it kind of became a tradition that we always talk with people of, um, you know, how, how, how do we met first time? What, so what do you remember out of the, the first time we met? I remember a lot of cutlery, a, a lot of, of uh, sustainable, eco-friendly cutlery made from recycled material being pitched in the beautiful premises of the British Embassy, where I moderated an event or Startup Disrupt, I believe. And uh, there was this one guy with, with uh, an, an awesome product uh, who in the end actually won it all. He was like super happy and I, and I love being around, you know, like, like cheerful people. So, so that's, that's what I remember. That's, that I remember us, us meeting there. Yeah, yeah, I remember too. I remember because uh, I actually sent you a message afterwards, but uh, the way you moderated it was one of my favorite. It was probably my favorite way some, I've seen somebody moderate these Aww. events. It was really thank you so much. Uh, different and it was boring. And uh, you prepared a lot. I used another questions up front. Um, it won't all went uh, really well. And you and and I think I like about you that you actually you keep focus on the audience. You know, you're not just saying something just to say it. You really uh, uh, giving a. You're thinking about the audience. That, that's what I like about people. Yeah, you, you, I, I just, you know, it's just, just, a, just a tiny point that that I want to touch upon. Uh, I think that's it's good that that you mention it, and and particularly the the sort of non-boring part is what I try to be like and almost like live like. I think it takes a certain like a like a sprinkle of of being a, a a sociopath where you where you try to actively boycott the system right it's a it's a it's a just a sprinkle of sociopathy where you're like i'm gonna do everything to just be different than what what they try to mold you into and similarly they would try to mold a, a moderator into being this very official super dry super boring kind of person uh but you know dogmatic life dogmatic beliefs about life and how i should do things i'm not a big fan of that so that's just why i try to keep it fresh and keep it keep it different most most uh of all yeah yeah no it was absolutely different uh, and i enjoyed it uh, so much and we we talked about it just before the podcast because for me that was a that was a difficult day it was a few weeks after at least past 
uh, and I was really there thinking about if I'm going to cry before the presentation, during or after. And uh, I don't know, it was just such a nice vibe and such a nice environment. And, uh, you know, I won it, or we won it as a company with uh, some other people. And and I know that Liz would be so proud. And it was really nice. And it's a nice right. memory. So thank you, man. Thank you for facilitating this memory. It means a lot. <laughs> so it's very nice. And um, yeah, and then, um, you know, I read uh, a lot about you. You have accomplished so much uh, in your 20s that I know that uh, sometimes you feel like you didn't. But we're going to talk about it a little bit later. But I want to start somewhere else because I, I, I heard in some podcast or I read that... Uh, you know, you have been basically kind of through, through elementary school, you have been a really good student, but you didn't really did much of proactive activities outside, like yeah, extracurricular activities, say. I, I think you said so. Yeah. And and then you said that... Mm. Um, and then you said that, that you kind of start doing more things when you went to high school, right? So, yeah, that's yeah. it. So... You know, I was thinking about it because I basically, I didn't do anything until I went to, uh, uh, until I went to my Erasmus in uh, in Germany. And actually, I really mm. started doing things at my master's. So <laughs> I got a, I was very much chilling <laughs> a student, man. Like I started very, very late. Um, but I also remember that there was, for me, there was kind of a switch, you know, like, and I wonder what was, what was it for you mm. that make you think like, hey, I should be doing more of these things. Yeah, that yeah, that's a great question, man. Uh, so you're totally right. Uh, I was the the quintessential sort of nerdy kid, uh, straight A's. You know, I have to like study, study, study. That was kind of me, first grade, second grade, uh, because I come from a very academic family, right? So right. my my grandma, her whole career, she was a teacher. She actually uh, met my grandpa in high school then they went through kind of uh, the pediac which is like the, the learn about education yeah the education school teacher i don't school. know yeah teacher, teacher school. school that's it that's that's the right translation <laughs> yeah so my grandma and grandpa they they went to the, the 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 same university even my grandpa became the principal of the school that my grandma taught at so they've been like teachers their whole life they tried to make my mom into a teacher. So my mom, at first, she also went to teacher school. But then she realized she she doesn't really like it because she got like a class of, of like these like 15-year-olds and she was like, nah, these people are terrible. So she was like, I need to find a different career. So she then uh, has done her second master's. My dad, PhD. So like a super academic family that's like, focused on just like getting the best grades you can. And that was me that, that I was kind of, this was the, the, the dogmatic belief that uh -huh. was like built into me when I was a kid that, you know, it's all about getting the right grades. And also a, 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 a dash, uh, again, a sprinkle of something, that sprinkle of, of, uh, feeling oppressed, uh, which I'm, not a not a biggest fan of like this feeling of like I'm being oppressed. But but the what I mean by that is my my father uh, because he came to the Czech Republic eighty nine, mm -hmm. so to just a month before the Velvet Revolution actually. Mm -hmm. uh, but throughout the nineties, you know, Czech Republic still like culturally and ethnically very homogeneous. Uh, not too many opportunities for for people of color, 
And uh, my dad basically told me like, look, boy, you're going to have a, a rough ass time just like me. It wasn't like that. It wasn't as bad. But but my dad kind of told me this to to tell me to do more than is required of me because people will treat me 10 times less just because of the color of my skin. And so, so every, from all the sources around me, one thing was pressed on me and that was you need to get the best grades you can, get the the best you know career that you can, get to the best schools that you can, because that's what's gonna like propel you to to even not not even to be your best version of yourself or be the best in the world, but just be at the same level as others who are like oppressing you, which I don't really agree with. Uh, but you know, as a kid, you don't really think about are your parents right or not. You just kind of yeah. listen, and you're like. So, so that was the case. First grade, second grade, uh, third, fourth, fifth. I did a few Olympiads here and there, and from fifth, I went to high school. So, uh, for the English oh, speakers, so you went to the eight eight year high school. That's it. Uh, that's it. Okay. Precisely for for the that's what I wanted to explain for the for the English listeners that in the Czech Republic we have like this weird system where you can do eight years of high school. Yeah. So so um, I went there and. Um, also, to be fair, I think. Uh, did did you went? Did you went yeah. to high school in uh, in Prague? Because I heard, I read that yes. your mom is from Liberec, right? That's it. That oh, don't don't say that. My mom, she always tr she wants to kick my ass every time I I, I say she's from Liberec because she's like, I am from Turnov. Turnov, we're a ah, city of right. ten thousand people. So dope. and I'm I'm always like, mom, no one's really gonna know Turnov. So like, I'm actually <laughs> saying Liberec. She's, you know, because it's close, but she's like, no, I am proud from Durnov. And the next time you say that, you need to proclaim that she's from Durnov. <laughs> so so I'm telling you, she's from Durnov, not from Liberec. Uh, That's funny. But yeah, I know where it is, though, because my uh, my uh, my mom is from Liberec. My grandma is right. from around Liberec. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that's where where my mom's side uh, of the family is is from there, all around mm -hmm. that kind of region. So yeah, I went to a high school in in Prague for for eight years. Uh, got my ass kicked a little bit uh, because you know it's it's a different level of difficulty at, at this very like old old school style sort of school. Uh, I got my ass kicked, and honestly, uh, I'm not even gonna lie. I think my decision to be more active outside of school was motivated by another sort of like purely academic achievement. And that was my dream was to go to MIT, was to be an yeah. MIT student for college. That was my dream. Um, so at around 13 or 14, I was like, what's the best school? Because I'm a, I want to be the best student. I want to get the best grades. What's the best school? Search the list. MIT was first. So I was like, I'm going to go to the best school. How do I get into MIT? And they said, well, grades are nice, but you also need to do something outside of school. So I was like, ah, oh, shit. So so now I have to figure out what, what, what I have to do outside of school. And and from there, it's, it's so interesting how certain things uh, kind of come at you because the fact that I got so involved outside of school completely shifted my priorities. And with this shifting of priorities, it actually eliminated the goal 
of studying at MIT because I didn't care about that at all afterwards. So mm -hmm. one thing, A caused B and B caused A to disappear. So it's 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 like a very strange cycle that happened there. Uh, I can relate to it because, you know, so my reason for getting more involved in this, let's say, extracurricular activities and projects, uh, and I did a lot at Masters. I did too, maybe too much even. <laughs> and, uh, and one of the reasons was that I wanted to go to a better school. I wanted to, uh, I also wanted to go to consulting. So I think that was kind of, it, for me, it was a little bit also career, but also school. You know, we had, uh, we had the exchange with, uh, um, with really good schools like Wharton and, uh, and Michigan uh, University and State. Oh, nice. Um, and I, I was kind of my goal to get there, uh, which actually I, I ended up there for, for a semester. Um, but uh, nice. it, yeah, it, it kind of, it, it was the reason why I started doing these things. And then I started doing them more because I enjoy them and because they give you different perspective on, on things, right? Exactly. So if you're, it's like shifted your your goal. So. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think, you know, it's, and it's good. I, I'm, I'm quite happy for that because I think I've met, and especially at university, and this is not me to like discredit the, my university, which has been uh, the University of Manchester for right. for the past kind of three years or the three years of my my bachelor's degree, I don't want to kind of badmouth UOM because it's still like what, not not that I really go and dive deep into like rankings, but it's like twenty six or right. twenty seven in the world, so it's like not a bad university, and that, I don't want to say that I just scrapped the idea of going into like a top tier university because I essentially did. But, you know, I've met far too many people who set one goal, that being, I want to get into MIT. I want to get into Cambridge. I want to get into Oxford. Even people who, who literally said, I want to go into UOM. Right. They get in there, the checkbox of their like goals is checked and they're lost. They don't know where the hell to go, right? Oh, well, Broken Compass, they, they, they need to listen to your podcast to find their, their kind of the next direction. But, you know, it's the issue with, with setting these, these very like hyper specific, uh, goals, uh, that you believe you want. I think actually a lot of people just believe that yeah. they want something. They don't really believe it. I think they, they've just been told to, to, to believe that this is what they want. And as humans, uh, we we operate uh, a lot on on this like group think where I want something because everyone else wants it. There's it's actually called mimetic theory. So so I want I want that Lamborghini because a lot of boys of my age want a Lamborghini, right? So I am just kind of driven to compete, and I think a lot of people lose themselves in this endless competition of of getting into McKinsey, BCG, Deloitte, uh, Accenture, wherever, right? Uh, the, the best uh, law careers, the, the best med school, the best whatever. And, and people lose themselves in the competition and they believe they want it because everyone else around them wants it. But they don't ever truly understand themselves to kind of realize that, hey, maybe I don't really want the MIT and I find fulfillment in, you know, doing these extracurricular activities or I don't actually want to go to Wharton. I only want to go to Wharton because I've been told I really should get a job at PCG, but my fulfillment might be actually traveling around South America and recording podcasts. <laughs> so like, you know, you know, that, that's it.
so this is interesting um <laughs> i i i totally agree you know um <laughs> and i'm just wondering how did you get to how did you get to this uh, way of thinking how did you get to this conclusion because that's not something that like i i think the same way but it's not how i used to think like i don't know 15 years ago or something or 10 years ago even so what were how did you how did you realize like hey maybe i need to be more flexible about the goals and i really need to think about what i want and not uh pursue the mit and then the all mm. the things mm. i don't uh, the thing is uh I, i'll just I'll, I'll correct you on one thing <laughs> i'll make a correction uh I, i'm definitely not saying be flexible on on your goals i, I think that's that that's not something that like i would undersign on so i like later when when this is produced it's a beautiful podcast and beautiful clips can be made uh it's not like oliver believes that goals are are flexible i think people should be very like hard on themselves right people should be disciplined around around like their goals right it's like if i set a goal and this is just me being a bit like psychotic around like like achievement and being like a, right. a thorough competitor so i'm like if if i set a goal i will do whatever it takes to achieve it right so and i will not like back down but it's more the second part of you know um what what you mentioned it's that self-awareness like and and it's one of the the most sort of key things that i believe every human on this planet should have but i feel like most lack it's just that self-awareness the ability of actually being able to sit the hell down and think about who who actually am i like what do i actually want from this life like am i sitting here am i like legit like happy with no like fakeries like oh this is cool that is cool like is this like genuinely somewhere where i want to be and i don't think like one session of this will solve it uh um, i'm not saying i fully understand myself but it's just like ha like knowing that you should be trying to find that out is what gets you like halfway there because it's a constant process of evaluation sure. and iteration thinking like what have i been put on this earth to do you know and it's it's i'm i feel like it's like the central you know central goal in life to like be at the end of your life and feeling that like you sort of understand this whole like story without like regrets i think but kind of understanding understanding yourself uh, is is the moment you that you can kind of be at peace with yourself hmm. i'd say so so what were the the key step on on your journey of self-awareness because it's uh, right. like you're very self-aware for somebody of of uh of your age that's not i think uh, regular at least mm. I, I, I think yeah yeah no I, i'm not sure i i, I th uh, yeah definitely i, I want to do that that's what i wanted to say like yeah i i think uh age is is definitely uh like plays a key part you know that that you know through these iterations you kind of hone down on the target with like each iteration i try this okay i didn't like it then maybe i don't really want it bam okay i've achieved this but i found out that it didn't make me happy so actually i'm driven by something completely different and like through every iteration takes i don't know two five ten years to achieve like people will literally mm. go to medical school go through medical school do their like medical exams, do trials at their hospital only to find out like I 
bloody hate medicine, right? So <laughs> that's kind of a pretty fucking long iteration, but but it takes it takes time definitely to understand yourself. But also, and this is a bit of a, a damning admission that that I'm actually making publicly. I don't really talk about this topic like publicly, but I right, did cool. promise you to be an, an open person. It's just I, I haven't really ever gotten tested, but there is like it, my my brain is very weird. Yeah, where I what I kind of don't understand almost like emotion in in the very like traditional sense where I I I what well, I mean I do feel like like certain like like I do feel emotion right it's just that I I feel like my brain is so like left hemisphere oriented where I'm like so logical pragmatic very analytical I most of the time rather than like truly feeling emotions I I try to either like actively suppress them or minimize them or like analyze them. I'm not saying that's the goal, I'm, but this is not like a tip. Please, listener, dear listener, dear viewer, don't take this as a tip. It's, I think definitely there there is something beautiful about like feeling pure joy or, or even honestly like anger or sadness, just feeling it fully because that's what, what gives life flavor, right? But But for me, it's always been like very different where most emotions, I try to actively like analyze them and where I can try, I try not to let emotions interfere with my decisions. And that has kind of enabled me almost like genetically to actively be truly like self-aware because self-awareness is not really an emotional thing. Self-awareness is something that takes analysis and sort of like thinking about I mean, it's, yeah, there is a, like a part of like a gut feeling that like, okay, this feels good, but you felt good when you were studying at medical school because you believe that you're doing the right thing. So it did kind of feel good, but you need to apply that sort of like scientific method where it's like, okay, I did it, but it doesn't make me happy to truly, you know, converge on who you really are, I think. Interesting. That's an interesting perception. I like it. Actually, for me, you know, I was very much on the analyzing side, and now I think I'm probably more, not more, I like at least more than I used to be on the on, mm. on the emotional part. Because I have done a lot of like partially. I mean, I thought about the decision of going to South America to travel. That was a rational mm. part for sure, but part of it was just like it felt right. Yeah. Like. I knew that this is what I have to do. Yes, you know, right. I, I thought about it. I, I, I did some analysis. But in the end, you know, there's this also this like fear-based when you're halt to do some big decisions. At least I always have it. There's some, something that's, that's up, not, not always, but sometimes there's something that holds you back. I don't know, to quit your job or right. to move to a different country, right? This Because the changes are uncomfortable, right? And there's this fear, but in the end, like, you know, if it feels right, I'm like, I'm doing it. I don't care, you know. Uh, maybe logically, I don't. I can cover. Every, you can also think rationally about everything, right? There's always some uncertainty. Oh yeah, yeah. Can't count for. Um, mm. I think yeah, uh, that's an interesting part. Uh, about this like feeling good versus like fear, right? Because right, we've right. been also taught uh, that you know you should pursue things that make you feel good, and kind of oh well that that kind of hurts me or that 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 I'm afraid of that so I will not do that right because I'm scared of that because that will lead me to a comfortable life uh but like 
I am sitting here in Prague, looking out the window. I bloody hate the cold. There's snow everywhere. It's oh, it's beautiful. Like I'm, I'm not gonna lie. It's it's pretty nice. But but I really don't like the cold. But there cannot be those like beautiful summery warm days without days like this where there's snow. So like you cannot have only one or the other. So good experiences and bad experiences hold as much value because they are both required to live a full life. And actually, no, no. I, 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 I will ask you to ask me the question that you promised me to ask about that one action for people to do, because this is perfect for that, that part. So please do let's, it. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. So what is the one thing that the listeners can do next week? One concrete action if they feel kind of lost, trying to figure out what's their, where should they go, what, what should they yes. do? Yes. I say make a list of, of things that you are either considering to do or you really just kind of want to do or you've been thinking about doing or also just things that you are fearing of doing. Take that list, compile it, actually write it out. Find on that list that one thing that you fear the most, that you like genuinely, you're, you feel anxious about and just go and do it. Just count to 10 and do it. Use fear as a proxy to find out what is meaningful. Because usually there is a correlation between, or in my life, there's been a correlation between what needs to be done and what you fear the most. The thing that, that usually you don't want to do is the thing that usually is right. And I always tell that to, to uh, the founders that we've had on our startup program. It's, mm. you know, there are hard things about, I'm, I'm bringing it into the business world, but this can be applied to any part of, of like your life, you know? Don't run away from tasks or things just because you fear them. You know, I fear that our head of marketing will be pissed off when I fire them. So I will not do it. And because I don't do it, they stay on the company. I don't find anyone better. They keep performing poorly and it drives the company to the ground. I fear my customers won't like my product. So I will rather do a stealth startup, keep everything super secret. But then you fi figure out there's no money in your bag because you didn't sell any products, right? So use fear as a signal to do something because it's a pretty good signal that it's something that needs to be done or mm -hmm. like can lead to like a meaningful outcome do you have uh, any example from your life of something that you really feared and then in the end it turned out in uh, into something good That's a that's a very good question, man. I, I I think well, I'm currently currently, for example, as I told you before this, I'm mm -hmm. I'm doing like a longer fast. So so I I did that last year. It was was pretty pretty like daunting and scary. But also, um, I think legitimately one of the scariest things was talking to basically my co-director or co-president and our accelerator um, when kind of we weren't very like aligned because we had like a very good, you know, like a personal friendship and relationship. 
So like talking, trying to distinguish like the business side of things and okay, business wise, it's not going well, but you know, friends wise, let's remain friends. It's kind of like hard to balance. And right. uh, I, I, I wasted a lot of time actually not doing something that I feared, just like actually like sitting down and understanding like this might not be the best way. Uh, but eventually, uh, I I decided to do it, and it kind of solved a, a lot of a lot of like problems because like in the end you find out that even like both people or or like the the other the thing that you fear isn't as scary in the end because mm. like you know so so yeah yeah that that was probably it uh, kind of having a my my first sort of co-founder or co-director breakup. Yeah, no, and you know this this uh, this story makes me think about something that I noted down as I was like uh, preparing for for today, um, because you talk a lot about authenticity, which goes with with the, with the presenting and, and personal branding uh, that you touch yeah. on in some of the articles and interviews, and um, you know for me vulnerability is has kind of like two components. So one is like being able to actually talk about things like without. Uh, I don't know, fearing the opinions of other people, of kind of expressing yourself in, in your true way without saying, oh, somebody's not going to like it or they're going to think something bad about me, uh, which usually people think the opposite, by the way. So it's funny thing. Um, but then there's the other composite, and that's also about, um, I think vulnerability is about allowing other people to be vulnerable as well. So it's mm. about asking the questions, it's about sitting down and starting that conversation with somebody. You know, because that takes a lot of vulnerability and courage as well. Because you need to sit down and you need to say, hey, it doesn't work. And then the other person might not like it. And you're kind of exposing yourself as well. So, yeah. uh, man, it, it yeah. takes a, a lot of boss. So, cool that you've done oh, it. No, it, it, it definitely does. And and I think this is one other sort of idea that, that Loki kind of had pretty, like, major impact on my sort of, like, internal ideology and it's uh ma been made by a, a a bit of a controversial figure jordan peterson so some people like him some people <laughs> totally hate him uh but he says like a really good thing it's it's uh he has that idea that says uh you know uh don't no it says always tell the truth or at least don't lie uh so there is like his his idea is that every kind of outcome, every universe, because okay, mm. they, let's imagine there are multiverses. There, like the 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 universe separates every time you make a decision or you make a statement, and basically the universe that's get that gets created or you know the the, the outcome that that gets made by you telling the truth might not be the most pleasurable one, but it's the best one for kind of the overall happiness and and authenticity of the system right so so when you think about stuff that way it it kind of does definitely change your perspective where like yeah what will happen might not be nice it might not feel good it might not be pleasurable but i am creating the best possible outcome because this outcome is predicated on me telling something honestly and being truthful to myself to others uh, so, so I'd say I'd say that that has been pretty pretty impactful. Yeah, I I totally agree with that because you know if you if you don't then you you like you end up saying something 
not true once and then second time and then it's just pileups and it's this like yeah this is a, it's just like big pile and once it's like the bigger it gets the harder it is to to dispose of it you know yeah and then you constantly live in this kind of uh a, a double life of uh, of 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 things I've oh, yeah. I've been there so <laughs> and I know how it feels um yeah no, like we were we were talking about about self awareness, right? And and oh, yeah, navigating yeah. navigating life. And I had another question because you wrote a lot of articles about one particular experience <laughs> where you where you had your was it the first internship that you did or first work? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't actually. It 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 was one of the like. No, definitely wasn't the first one. But it was it was very bad. It was the the actually the last kind of summer of of like my bachelor's uh so it be, between my second and third year okay it's like i've in, in my first second year i've done a very like an official uh internship i did the ceo for one month program so i got to basically play the role of ceo of like a fortune 500 or 100 i'm not sure if a deco is like 100 but definitely 500 but basically sure. a big ass company. Uh, so the, 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 the Czech branch kind of Czech Republic, Slovakia kind of CEO of that. Um, so that was like a very official internship, right? Uh, or like a shadowing program. Uh, and then I was like, you know, after third year, I'm just gonna go straight into like startups or just being a founder or something. So like I need one summer to be like you know like 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 a proper young person so what do right. i like to do i i really like fitness so i will actually go and be one of those um people at like a hotel like a fitness trainer right. <laughs> and everything just got absolutely messed up it was really bad because i they told me i was going to be a fitness trainer i wasn't a fitness trainer they put me into a good hotel but they didn't disclose that okay like the staff rooms like literally you have cockroaches and mold on the walls and and everything so so it was like i bet it was a beautiful experience for everyone in the hotel but like kind of the working experience was really really bad like the hours versus like what you get paid uh weren't like properly disclosed like the the number you get paid was disclosed and the the working yeah. hours as well but completely kind of uh underreported and they make you work until like two. A. It was just just a really bad experience, bad. So so it was not my first job, uh, but it was my 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 worst, and not my first, but my worst. <laughs> and then, yeah, you know, in the in those articles, you kind of wrote that you're kind of thinking like, yeah, I don't think I'd like this. But then you went to other people, and they were like, no, like you need to deal with it. Uh, it's it's kind of uh, yeah. get, get through it. You're already on the job. Um, how did that? How did that? Uh, that feel like? How did that? Did you already know? Like, well, it really sucks, and all the people, all the people are wrong. Or would you like? Oh, maybe I need to uh, like cope through it. Uh? No, I mean, uh, look again. It, I, I I bring it back to me thinking about things like rationally, and I'm like, okay, it's it, I I will not be like emotional, just like oh, I, I'm 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 like displeased of being here. So by default, it's like the worst thing possible, you know? But at the same time, these people 
do like do these people in their heart of hearts have any sort of like incentive to fully 100% without any bias whatsoever want the best for me no they do not and it's it's completely fine and and the when i say these people i'm not just talking about the staffing agency i'm not talking about the hotel i'm not talking about my manager i'm literally talking about my my mother who who i i love right my mother is like my favorite person in the world uh my grandma all of all the people like around me were telling me like hey but come on like you're already there you can like tough it out they like in their heart of hearts just by the way that we are wired as human beings where i'd say like survival and like self-preservation of like yourself is the first thing that only can enable you to to do the other things like i cannot care about you more than i care about myself because if i don't care about myself i will die and then i cannot care about you so like again there's like a there it's like a cycle so like they cannot care about my well-being more than me and if the me inside me says i really don't like this and there uh. is truly no benefit to be derived from this because like if i went there and my motivation was money to to earn money then okay then you can maybe tough it out you know yeah. if my motivation was to be abroad then okay you can tough it out but my motivation was to feel good if i am feeling not good then i am failing at the premise that set me there in the first place so what what is my business there anymore if i don't feel good and i came there to feel good i just don't think i don't think a lot of people take the time to really think about things the way no, you do yeah. no uh, no but do you how do you how do you make sure that you take that time because it's also, also you know as life gets busy i think a lot of people just so that they don't want to think about it they just like that it kind of falls onto like to do list or whatever mm. you know in their life it kind of falls apart so how do you make sure that you you keep it mm. you know i i, I definitely th the thing is i th it can there's totally like truth in in the the idea of like ignorance is bliss i think Brother. some people if if all of us were truly like mindful and all of us you know all of us really thought about the decisions that we're like making a lot of people would be like super duper depressed right because they're like okay i've been that, that it's basically that's what happens to every like 40 or 45 or 50 year old on this planet where they <laughs> where they're suddenly like rethinking their life and they're like okay i'm um is the crisis is here i'm like reconsidering everything i believe in so like for a lot of people i think like it's it's almost like better if like if you're too late if you're too late in the game just don't think about it man just cruise cruise through just like you do you because you're gonna be very sad if you truly like consider um like is my relationship good uh, with my significant other is my uh, am i happy in this career that i've been in for 30 years i'm not saying it's like bad to it, it definitely it's worthy to, to like rethink it but just like right. potentially prepare for a lot of heartache and i and i think a lot of people truly wouldn't be able to handle kind of the the heartache so they they actively almost try to like not think about it um 
I think I think that's that's definitely the case. But for me, I I, I don't tell you why why it's not that I like actively try to say like okay on my to do let me rethink my life. It's Monday six p.m. That's Dang. my rethinking time. It's totally not like that. It's it's not like it's it's not super systematic. And I, I wait, think were you were you always that way or was that? Oh yeah, there? yeah. I think uh, also it's not like good to to start like super early because I was a fucking weird kid, man. I was like my mom. She says like Ollie, you grew up and you literally had no childhood. You were always like this very corporate corporate beast where you're like super like deep like like thinking like super officially uh i don't know i, I think i it, it has to do with with like my upbringing the the way i was raised again like being like all like super goal driven and you have to work hard and blah 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 where i didn't really have time to experience like the okay what what instead of like working hard we watched peppa pig and played with with like hot wheels because it was never uh, like that it was like okay no we don't do that here work hard so I was always like very, very official and, and like mindful of decisions that I'm making. I was always like that. But I think rather than having it like super structured in a way, it's it's a it's a thought that comes to you from time to time. And especially for me, and I as as morbid and weird that it might sound, it it's like I I appreciate when it's acceptable in like a podcast or an interview or anything to bring up the topic of mortality because I think mortality reveals a lot about life in general. It brings everything into perspective, you know? Oh, and, I yeah. can tell you for sure. Yes, it, it really does. It really does. It, be it your mortality or, or mortality of those around you, you know, it makes you actually like realize like am i happy with myself like if i am if i were on my deathbed right now and i look back mm. am i spending time in a way where my 100 well 100 with the advancement of medicine let's say 100 will will live up to 100% where my 100 year old self would look back and be like yeah Back then, like that was time meaningfully spent, right? With meaningful people, with people who I truly love. So kind of bringing mortality into it, you know, it's it's something that, that you, when you start thinking about it that way, it's it's always like, like a process that's ongoing rather than, than something that happens like at a time, okay, it's my quarterly review of my life. So, <laughs> the kpis for my life or how many dates i've been on no it's it's nothing like that and and for that reason also i think this might be helpful another kind of quick tip for anyone listening i'll actually get a get a tattoos i'm not saying get a tattoo i'm saying get something to symbolize uh this kind of for you to, to, to think about it it's the the world the, the famous right. it's memento mori uh I'll, I, I, my first tattoo will be like actually here it will be sort of uh like a skull inside of um what do you call those those fancy like cloths those with the sand uh, uh, forgot the english term uh but but basically just something that you can like look on and actually every time you like walk past it it can be a coin it can be a photo of of like your great grandparents i don't know just like something that reminds you that that like sounds morbid as hell man but like that death 
death is present, you know? And like every moment that I'm not living, I'm essentially dying, you know? So like, no, let no, me no. live in the best way that actually I can be proud, proud of, yeah. It makes me, it reminds me a quote from uh, Suits, which was taken from uh, Shashan Redemption, is uh, get busy living or get busy dying. That's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. By the way, also the, this conversation remind me, so just today, it will be, I think it will be released. It's not released yet. Uh, the new episode with uh, Carrie, completely. And uh, and it's funny because she is also, she's from Canada. She's also a kid, uh, a kid of immigrants. I think her parents are, part of her family at least is from Haiti. Uh, and she was also talking about how like she had a very tough uh, childhood and she always had to perform and doing stuff. And, yeah. and in the end, you know, uh, like last year, she, she did something and I love the term. She called it, she took a personal and career break. So maybe, you know, <laughs> in the next few years, that's something uh, <laughs> you can consider. And then you can go to that's South good. America and travel around. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Uh, how do you, uh, you know, we, we, we touched upon it a little bit. Uh, uh, so you have a mom from Czech Republic and dad from uh, Ghana. Yeah. How do you think that, uh, have you, and you've been to Africa, right? From what, what oh, I yeah. understand. Yeah. Many times. I, I, have, I have my, actually, if I had my wallet near me, which I don't right now, wow. I'd, I'd show you my, my Ghanaian ID. I got my Ghanaian ID this summer. So for the, for the first time, I'm also a Ghanaian citizen, which is, which is nice. Nice. That's cool. So how, how do you think that, uh, uh, how did that, that, that mixed backgrounds uh, uh, influence your life? Mm, I think it it I've I've thought about that quite a lot actually uh, because it's it's also it's a it's a pretty pretty frequent question that I get besides the 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 totally bullshit false dichotomy. Well, are you more Czech or Ghanaian? Like I'm both. I can be both. Like there's no law that I have to pick one or the other. This is not this is not like. But in football, I, uh, in football, I, I have I I say I would, but I actually have. Because in 2006, Ghana played the Czech Republic, and I I supported Ghana. So so like in football, I, I was. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> usually the second question. It's like yeah, <laughs> that's usually what they say. Like like okay, but what if it was like football? Which one would you pick? I said ah, probably Ghana, because they because they're better at football. So, but you know, uh, not great, not great. This World Cup wasn't great. Uh, <laughs> no, but 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 I think about it quite quite a lot actually because it it's something i mean it's it's totally like like with any other i guess you know kid being brought up by by two parents it's just that like the beliefs that are put into you as a kid right. are a bit different than the beliefs and also the relationships that you have with your parents are quite different than to what is like normal around you right it's 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 like a weird sort of merger of two very different cultures so in the end like you're being raised in a culture that's like very unique because it doesn't fit the mold of either of the two cultures right unless one one parent sort of um adapts and they, they, they compromise which in my case was not the case although like my mother <laughs> my my beloved mother has made a lot of lot of sacrifices and compromises it's uh 
I'm I'm happy she sort of stood her ground in in certain certain parts of of my my upbringing. Um, but yeah, it definitely it definitely like is 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 very you you get raised differently than 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 like people around you just by default because it's a it's a different like culture overall. Yeah, yeah, because you know I remember like one thing that you brought in the article, and I was like. I have never heard anybody who was like 20, I think, say something like that. Uh, and I would bet that has something to do with the fact that you have went to Africa because mm. you wrote something around, I'm grateful for being brought up in a country that's kind of stable where I can get a good education and like what a privilege is it. Oh, yeah. And uh, I totally see it. You know, I spent enough time in South America um, and more time I spend here, the more I realize, you know, how lucky I am that I got the opportunities that I got because people, not everybody here gets it. And I think in Europe, a lot of people don't realize it. Do you think it's part, part of the fact that you've seen the different part of the country or where is? Totally, totally. I think um, also a lot of people, just the fact that like you're living, like you are actually here. Like people, I, I love, love this response. I started responding like that because sometimes you know, I get uh, interviewed or I get like invited somewhere and they ask me like, oh, well, uh, what is like your biggest accomplishment up to date? Like being born probably because the probability of me being born is is much lower than like me making the Olympics or whatever, right? The probability <laughs> of a person being born is just like one over billion or like trillion. So, so it's just like, number one, you're born, you exist, you get to actually consciously reevaluate your life or you 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 consciously get to be unhappy right you're you are currently unhappy but the fact that you can experience being unhappy is an achievement that the trillions of other like unborn kids the one you beat to the rate in the race to the egg right they don't get to experience that so you being alive being able to to manifest a very natural part of being a human is like beautiful in itself, right? There, it's it's not bad. It's not bad just because you feel bad. It's it's a part of life, and you get to live life. So enjoy it. It's it's good. So being bored, and second of all, yes, once you're born somewhere, and I get to be me myself, it's like really really awesome, right? You because when you go out. You venture out and you see other parts of the world and you realize that people have it like much worse than you and they have it much worse than you not by their choosing or by their actions because like okay well yeah they're the, oh well look at the the people what what they as always look at what what they serve prisoners in in, in the prisons what they have terrible food i'm like yeah they have it worse than me. I get to eat nicer food, but I I didn't do dumb shit, and now I'm not in a penitentiary. So like that is they chose to live that life, so they have to bear the consequences. But what I mean is, there are people who didn't choose to uh, be born in in northern Ghana, and by the way, northern Ghana versus countries like Sudan, where there's like been a you know a civil war that's even worse, you know, or even close to us, Ukraine, right? Like kids being born there like right now in the middle of, of an absolute like 
tragic, tragic sure. like thing happening, right? But like these people, they didn't really select to live in hardship, but they were dealt a suboptimal deck of cards, right? Hmm. So, you know, it's like you realize to truly, truly be appreciative for like everything that you have. And, and when I say everything, I mean everything. Because again, bringing it back to the concept of mortality, you get to be here and you get to experience something, right? You're just, it's just a part of life. And you being able to live is an incredible thing that has such like low odds of actually happening that you should be <laughs> thankful for everything that you have even if you're like super sad, super depressed, super down on yourself, you know, you could have it much worse or you could have nothing at all. Yeah. We we are very deep here. No, we're we're getting we're getting super deep. We're getting super deep, but it's yeah. it's also something it's 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 something it's, it, another sort of uh quote that I heard somewhere and that I like to use when talking Wonder. to founders. It's um you know, you, you have to, if you want to live life, right? Or I, I, I tell them this like in business, think of startups, right? Like a, like a roller coaster. And, and when one of your podcasts, you, you uh, <laughs> spoke about the reef in, in, in a similar manner, which was, I was like, ah, sure. sounds, sounds similar. It's like, you know, you go on a roller coaster, you go up and down, up and down, up and down. And, you know, it kind of like, it, it, it's a different in your analogy being down is isn't like not good or like going down but on a regular roller coaster it's usually the more nicer it's, it's the nicer part of it. like <laughs> go up it takes like a super long time and going down is actually the nice part of like a like a real amusement park roller coaster so i i say it like that so like yeah what's up um yeah but i i agree but i think that the, the only difference with the analogy that i made was like you don't know that you are in a roller you coaster, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. so you're like, so you're yeah. but I, I agree, it makes it makes sense, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, you know, so so you're going up and down, up and down, and like literally, you cannot enjoy the like oh going down part without go, like actually sitting there and waiting your turn until you get up, right? So if you cannot handle both parts the excitement but also the boring bits the bits where it's gonna suck really bad don't jump on that roller coaster and sit in the grass right you chose to do business yeah. you chose to to become a founder but you are here complaining that everything isn't always like super super great well then you should have shouldn't have like became a founder right and Similarly, in life, it's a bit different because you don't really choose the hardships in mm. your life. It's not that like, oh, well, you chose to be human. Well, well, now you have to take it. I'm, I'm not saying that at all, but <laughs> I'm just saying you have to kind of recognize that similarly, just like with a roller coaster, like a, a roller coaster with only downs or just like, you know, where, where it really sucks, no one's going to get on that roller coaster. And I, and I sincerely doubt that anyone is living a life where like everything, literally everything you wake up and everything just goes to shit. It might feel like it, but I, I very much doubt that anyone lives a life where, where, where they're just like 
100% of the time it's like like terrible um but yeah, try to try that's, to that's part of perception right uh yeah, i yeah, i mean yeah. like i've been the, i've been in a spiral um yeah like two months ago or something when i was in buenos aires i i had like a horrible like everything i touched just didn't work out but it really? was it was a, it, it was also partially my perception you know like really focused i had a lot of like bad moments that kind of kept happening and then i started putting more and more attention it and and one okay. of the reasons now i got over it was that one of my friends wrote me like everything cannot be that bad as you as you told me right okay. and i was like yeah i mean i mean argentina okay that's that's probably good everything alpha core here that's probably good and then like yeah with some other things around like i got to get out of that uh, thinking that the, the downward uh, spiral so it's, right. it's very much where you put your uh, perception oh totally totally and also even if if everything really sucks really bad let me let me have you seen the movie rocky uh yeah or at least like like bit, bits and pieces yeah yeah sure yeah so like what is like one of the most memorable scenes in that movie in my opinion, like obviously, yeah, the fighting, super nice, super fake though. Uh, as a boxer, <laughs> is, the fighting is is awful. But but but, but uh, one of the most memorable scenes is the one where he's like running through the through the streets. He's 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 making his way up. You know, he's running through the streets. He's in the mall. He's he's dodging the and he's punching the the meat. You know, and he's running up the steps in Philadelphia and celebrating. Right? Is, is that sort of like that come up where he like struggles really bad? But then, then, like in the context of that movie, it looks so flipping amazing. Looking at somebody who has overcome adversity, and somebody who literally doesn't have a punching bag, so he needs to run to the mall to punch punch meat in the in the deli section, right? Somebody who, who who's really like piss poor, like really kind of down in their luck. They they do get a pretty awesome opportunity, uh, but but like you know they struggle adversity. And bam, they become like later in the movies, they, they become like champion of the world, you know? Realizing that even if things are really bad, like reframing it to realize that actually in the end, when I do make it, when I get out of my running through the streets and punching meats phase, it's going to be really, really amazing to see me succeed and conquer in the face of starting in a really bad position so kind of just like reframing the mental image of your kind of oh. suffering and 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 the fact that you life is not going the way you really want right now realizing that by the end of this story this is going to be the the con it's it's going to be the contrast that's going to make it beautiful i think that that helps people like think about it in a better way than rather doing like a this spiral where like okay this is not going good. So by default, my life is going to be horrible and I'm going to feel sorry for myself and everything is going to just spiral down. I'd rather think of it as like, okay, this is your baseline. But when you get here, the difference is going to look fucking awesome. Wow. That brings me to uh, two questions. And uh, I'm going to start the first one because that's just like pop up in my head. Is what, where, what was the moment in your life with when you had to go through this uh, adversity, when things didn't go out, was okay. it like the, the moment where you're like, like I don't know if I want to be doing this? Cool. I mean, um, 
I think in in it, it's just for, for me. I, I think this is just like recency bias, right? Mm-hmm. But right after that sort of founder or director breakup that we've had last year, like all of the pressure went on me, and also kind of you lose trust and but from from the rest of your team uh, when kind of things aren't aren't happening. Some other people started sort of like leaving the the organization, and then suddenly like you realize you're not really matching the KPIs that you should, and all the stress of being like somebody in leadership, being like the leader who is believed to be the one who has a vision and who knows like everything. You realize you don't know what the hell is going on. Uh, everything is just going terribly wrong. Uh, I literally like like a year. I think like a year to date. If if you turn the clock back, like a year year back i was probably in that mental state where i i was i i I was like waking up and i really felt like i almost like i had to cry uh i it's it's very very odd that by the by the way the 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 part about me not being emotional this is just like a random fact i i I haven't probably cried for like the past like 10 years which is like super weird i don't know if i'm like masking my emotions or if i'm just actively suppressing my emotions but like i that that was like literally the closest i felt to actually like like you know like like water what salty water coming out my eyes uh which is my definition of crying Uh it's my new definition of crying (laughs) but but uh you know i i woke up and and i really felt like like really bad and i felt like i'm gonna just screw this like why am i getting in the festive period, I'm getting stressed as hell. I want to cry. I'm not happy with the way everything is going. What am I doing it for? So that was totally it. But, but mm, you know, bringing it back to the bigger picture that one day, and it, it again, being on the other side of, of this, and this is not even that big of an experience, like business troubles, that happens in every business. So, so this is not as bad is like a health crisis of of like you know your personal health crisis or or your significant other or whatever it, in the grand scheme of things it wasn't it's not like an existential sort of thing but i still felt like proper burnt out proper bad and i made it through and i am sitting here on the other side of this experience where i felt really shit for a bit but i pulled through we made it happen and we did what we intended to do maybe even better than than was originally planned the the satisfaction and the to, to see in retrospect that i've been able to overcome something here to produce this result here feels absolutely amazing and it feels i think feels much better than if i was totally. like if somebody put me so close to the goal and i would just like do the last one percent is the battle sure. it's the it's 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 is the real like yeah. struggle is the is the that there is like an enemy to be overcome that makes it truly like beautiful and story-esque in retrospect. No, I totally agree. And uh, so how would you think about it? How how would you know if you should push through or you should quit? Yeah. Oh, that's a Yeah, that's a, that's a good, good question. That's an amazing question because... <laughs> Because I I felt like this is the issue with the startup world. I think there's quite a lot of like there there's too much advice. It's, it's the same like with fitness. I I'd say there's like way too much advice. There are people who are saying you know 
you need to eat uh, eight meals a day uh, every 90 minutes to be healthy. There are other people who are in our camp who are like, okay, you definitely <laughs> have to like fast. Yeah, you like don't eat. Don't eat. <laughs> there are p people who are like, okay, you don't eat any fats. And there are people who are like, okay, you don't eat any carbs, so you need to eat a lot of fats. Uh, then in the in the startup world, it's like, okay, well, you need to constantly pivot, pivot, pivot. And there are other people who are like, okay, you need to stay 100% committed to the vision because Steve Jobs, he always said that this is going to be the iPhone and he made it happen. Screw what, what your customer thinks because if you ask your customer, they would say a faster horse. So, so there's always these two like contrasting and conflicting arguments and people can never, and I can imagine if somebody gets into like fitness or startups and they just get advice from here and literally from the other side of the spectrum, they must be absolutely confused. They must be completely screwed up. So, so I really feel for these people, but, uh, that, that didn't get me any closer to actually answering the question. I think how did you, you I, know, I rephrase the question. Did you, how did you knew this time? How did you, why did you stay yes. in the battle? Why did you didn't give yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think because I, I, one, one thing that I also realized by kind of verbalizing it pre, uh, about my experience in Greece with that, with that fitness hotel trainer thingy, it's does the hardship indicates that like anything in the beginning you're wrong about i worded that like a complete idiot i apologize but basically by struggling in greece with the goal being to feel good i found out that that i'm not feeling good therefore it's not a good experience the goal of me running an accelerator was not to make myself feel good right and therefore, I can persevere with that because even though it detracts from my well-being and, and me Bird. being like happy and cheery all the time, the bigger mission, the bigger vision, the bigger goal is to help the best and brightest innovators and entrepreneurs around the UK in the case of the accelerator, right? Uh, if If I say, you know, uh, I train for for the Olympics, for example, and I really want to be good at uh, running the hundred meter dash. It will suck. It will suck. My my muscles will will hurt. I will probably have to uh, eat stuff that that I really don't like, uh, or maybe well, whatever. Just but 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 the goal isn't really to feel like super amazing, right? The goal is to win a medal. So am I going to quit on a goal because I don't feel good? If, yeah, like totally, I get it. If you go and you like exercise to prop up like endorphins because people told you that if you're really down on yourself and you're suffering from, from like anxiety and stuff like mm. that, you need to work out and somebody puts you through a workout that makes you feel really shit then yeah, it's totally like reasonable to be like, I'm not going to be doing this workout anymore because it didn't make me feel better. And my goal was to feel better. So I failed in my goal. But yeah. by pushing through and feeling really bad, I did not fail my goal. My goal was to 
produce something that's spectacular, to do something that I'm proud of, right? And also, it's just my honest belief that you don't prove anyone right until you quit. Because there's a lot of people doubting you. There's a lot of people doubting me. There's a lot of people doubting just everyone. Just you, I meant you as you, Dan, but it, like you also as like the listener, you know, there, there, there are people like doubting you, their listener. Uh, they're saying like, okay, no, he cannot do this. He cannot accomplish this goal that he told me he would do. The, mo the only moment when you prove these people right is when you actually say, I quit. And until you say that, they're not right. They only think that you'll quit. And kind of keeping this also in the back of my mind kind of, you know, kept me going because there was a lot of people that they weren't even like doubting me, but they were just like observing me. And I didn't want to, if, if there was like a part of doubt in the back of their minds where they were like, maybe this guy isn't the right guy. I just didn't want to prove them right. So, so that was another thing. Hmm. Okay. I had another, another question around this, uh, you know, because, um, we talk about this, this struggle and perseverance. But I feel like if you, if you look at all the social media, you basically see, you see the success now. You see the people who are like doing really well, uh, whatever yeah. they enjoy, different type of successes, whatever, material, career-wise, whatever. Um, but I think that a lot of the times that, that part of that struggle is missing. But if you talk about, I don't know, I just listened to... Um, uh, a girl who was uh, she has a very big following on TikTok but she actually started like nine years ago and, and for a long time she didn't have anything you know she just kept like, putting on videos which were had no views and then it's, uh, then it's yeah. you know there, what do you think about this like, idea of instant success or is it an idea of people like in your generation how do you yeah so Instant, instant success, uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting topic uh, because I, I totally see why people would believe it's, it's something that's like perfectly achievable and well, it, it like genuinely is, right? It's, but, but it's not like a blueprint that people should follow because it requires extreme amounts of luck. And I think, uh, although I've worked with young entrepreneurs for over like almost three years or with the accelerator. So I should be like the number one person to sit here and say like, hey, Dan, every young person that's listening right now, go and build a business and get a billion dollar valuation in two years. It would be super like silly for me to, to say that when I don't truly believe that, even though I should be the sort of young entrepreneur supporter, the number one entrepreneurship supporter in like the world, right? I think people like Mark Zuckerberg uh, or like, I, I would usually say Sam Beckman fried but Sam kind of, he he messed up now with FTX. Uh, but but these people, they, 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 they kind of, no, no, they, <laughs> no, Sam, that's that's a big topic by itself, man. Sam Beckman fried No, but but these people, these people, they, they, they excuse my French, but they fuck, fucked up the perception of, of, of like success because now every, they, 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 okay, they accomplished something incredible. But, you know, people need to realize that these people are being popularized by the media exactly because they achieved something incredible that's incredibly lucky. Exactly in the same way that they cover the guy who won like the Euro jackpot or Euro millions 
because it, it also requires extreme amounts of luck. So saying like, okay, I'm going to build the next Facebook and and have a, a multi-million billion dollar valuation in several years uh, because like Mark did it, so can I, is complete bullshit. And, and it's not a narrative that should exist and or that should be believed, you know? So like instant success, is it a thing or is it not a thing? Yes, yes, it is a thing, but it's unbelievably, unbelievably lucky in the way where like instant success is I start and in a week, in a month, in less than a year, I get success. It doesn't work like that. What you usually see people is exactly like you said, struggle, 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 struggle. And then one time they get their big break, you know? And uh, suddenly they explode. And people then chop off, chop off the part where they struggled just to, you know, see them ra rise fast and say like, okay, you're, you're an instant, instant success. Bringing it back to the analogy of lottery is exactly the same. Like if somebody has been buying lottery tickets for 20 years, first and foremost, don't do that. I did. I, I know it. I, I, I studied, uh, game theory at, at Princeton. So, so there they've told me everything I need to know about how terrible <laughs> the lot, the lottery industry is and how you are almost like guaranteed to lose. So please don't, don't buy lotteries, but, but, uh, it's almost, it's, yeah. If you bought like lottery tickets every day for like not even 20, maybe 50 years. Right. And then like year 49, you suddenly win. Does that make you an instant success or not? Or is it that you've just been trying again and again and again and again and again at something and only after a significant amount of time, it sort of happened, right? So I, I see the same way. It's just people doing something and then finally getting that tiny bit of luck that they need to make their big break. Consistency, it's called. Yeah, consistency. It's consistency, consistency. I, I, I uh, sorry, sorry. The, uh, I'll, I'll let you go in a bit. But, but, but consistency is. I don't agree with consistency one hundred percent because consistency. I mean, to the habit of doing something again, like of doing something, but not doing that one thing. Because to me, that that's one thing that I need to point out. You improve. You can make your own luck. You can make your own luck. Essentially, you can improve your chances of getting that big break by improving your craft. And the only way you improve your craft by doing smart iterations, which we spoke about earlier in the podcast, where every single attempt that you do is educated by the previous attempts and the learnings that you derive from the previous attempts. So doing something mindlessly in the exact same way, same shape, same form, again and again, without any attempts at improvement, is a fool's errand, in my opinion. And there you're completely dependent on the luck. But if every, you know, attempt at a single action is 1% or even 0.1% better than the previous attempt, that to me is somebody who is creating their own luck and intelligently improving at their craft. Hi, interesting. Uh, I agree. Although I think that sometimes you need to do some things mindlessly because sometimes you just don't want to. You know, you need to mm. wake up and you need to go to gym and you, need, you don't need to think about doing it better. You just need to do it. <laughs> um, 
thing that you need to reevaluate. I did like oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. They didn't talk about which is connected a little bit to this, and that's experimentation. Because you you just said that you're gonna do the three days fast. I did the five day fast. I did a lot of experience. I did thirty days of yoga and thirty days of uh, vegetarian food and thirty days of no sugar and thirty days cold shower. I done a lot of things, never with a purpose of um, actually like losing a weight or. Hey shaping my mind or something i just wanted to try you know i just wanted to know and i also think that you can reevaluate but you need to do something for a little bit before you can reevaluate because yeah. otherwise oftentimes you're not going to really see what's the effect you know oh yeah, yeah, yeah. if you if you just like upload one video to or one post to your linkedin does it work or not like that's yeah. kind of difficult to see you just did like this one no, yeah yeah so no 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 yeah i i completely i completely agree and and that's why i i like to think about just you know i i use the term scientific method previously and i'll I, and i'll and i'll use it again i think also one of the this is like a fun fact so you know why i'm so like devoted to, to being like super scientific it's because at, at mit how i spoke about it in the beginning i wanted to study right. physics and then here in the Czech Republic, the, the first thing that I did as my extracurricular sort of activities, <laughs> I went straight into research. I became one of the youngest researchers at the Academy of Sciences, uh, Czech Republic. So I did like research there Then I got a brilliant opportunity to also do a bit of research at CERN in, in Switzerland. So I was like a hardcore, super, like science, science guy. I was Bill Nye, the science guy. Uh, so, so the scientific method was something that I kept using again and again and again and again. So it kind of got built into me to, to evaluate things very scientifically. And a, a key part of the scientific method is that uh, they, they call it like Six Sigma. So um, you need to have like a level of, of like certainty. Uh, I believe it's unless, no, Six Sigma I think is, is an operations management term. I don't know how many Sigmas you need to be correct in science but there is like 90, a 99% basically you need to you need to have like an extreme level of certainty which you only get to by exactly how you're saying like like re repetition and, and and doing the same thing over and over again even a bit like mindlessly but like validating that it's the right thing it's like yeah, yeah. exactly as you said like is my linkedin post if i post it at like 159 uh and it's a brilliant post, but it doesn't get as much traction because the algorithm only activates at like 2 p.m., you know? Then I cannot be sure if my post performs poorly because of the algorithm or because I wrote something that, that people don't like, you know? So yeah. then, then you have to do like multiple tries of like the same thing to validate that, you know, there is like some sense of like improvement or you need to do like several like trials to, to find out in science, you will need to do like several measurings of the same thing mm -hmm. to know that you can yeah. repeatedly get to something. Yeah. No, I, that's great. I, I have, I was, I was wondering where that uh, kind of uh, mind of, of experimenting uh, uh, came from. By the way, you are a second physicist on this podcast. Nice. Just right nice. before you, there was my friend and he, I call him an astrophysicist, but actually I think we, we talked about it last podcast that he, is now doing quantum computing. Oh, nice! Uh, really yeah. Nice guy. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> big big topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
No, and he he's also I think uh, very much into this uh, uh, experimenting. He also learned me this this one thing that like we would like travel around a lot as as with our friends and and him, and we would always go somewhere. And he would be the guy. I was like, let's let's have a cake, and he's like, let's try a different cake today. Yeah, you know, like let's let's experiment, and I love it, and it stayed with me. You know, like even the, like I tried all the alpha horse. It's like a small cookie from Argentina that you can find. Like I was like, I'm gonna find the best one. Like and I yeah, go yeah, 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 everywhere just tasting the alpha horse. Yeah, yeah, no, because I I completely agree. I'm I'm like I'm the same like that, and and we have a lot of uh, disagreements usually at the at the family dinner table. When there is like, okay, well, what what are we making today? Uh, and always, my my sister is very picky. They they used to go for for like very basic stuff like spaghetti uh, with like uh-huh. like tomato sauce. I'm like, guys, like spaghetti ketchup and and cheese. That's not that's not a thing. Let's try. I about like three new recipes we can try because you know <laughs> there there is. I think I think it's. Yeah, I, I totally and 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 the worst bit is I think this is also like another thing that I live live my life by. Like, I am almost to it to a level where it's like I feel like I'm like I'm going insane. It it's I find it extremely incredible that I can number one be whoever I want to be. I can learn whatever I want to learn. I could go and eat at almost any restaurant I want to eat at. I can try any food. Uh, I, I want any drink that I that I would want to try. I can go and try. I can travel to any place, anywhere, etc. But at the same time, I cannot be everywhere. I cannot taste everything. I cannot drink everything. I cannot know everything that is to know on this planet. So this massive juxtaposition of the fact that I can learn and be anyone and I can learn anything, but I cannot be everyone and I cannot be masterful at everything just fucks my mind up like proper, proper, proper. <laughs> so, but, but for me, it's the process, the process of still like exploring all of these things so I can amass as much as I can. And similarly, that's why I want to try all the foods. I want to try all the challenges. I want to try all the lifestyles because then I have that kind of library of knowledge of, okay, I've tried this food. I've tried fasting. I've tried uh, running a, a marathon. I've tried this and that. I've, I've tried cold showers. I've, you know, it's just getting information from the world and storing it inside your mental library. And that I think exploring, exploring the vastness of this world is just beautiful at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. So that leads me to two two kind of ways. Uh, and the first one is: Have you ever experienced FOMO? Yeah, you kind yeah. of talked about it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, big time. <laughs> me too. Me too. On this trip, oh my god! You know, there's you know when you travel, there's always something. There's always some party. There's always something to do. There's always people leaving. There's always people coming that you get to know, and there's yeah. so much so things much. that you can do or also not do it's yeah. uh it's very interesting of like how to navigate it and because recently right you if i understand it from some of things that i read you finish your bachelor and then there was a whole big discussion about you going to uh and another uni- is it a master program where you go yeah yeah, yeah it, is, it is going to the master program or not um yeah. 
which I would talk about as well. But there's there's an extra extra thing that I notice, and um, because you do a lot of other things, you you had a, you had a business, you were running yeah. uh, this student accelerator, right? And then so. you basically in the post you said like I'm leaving this behind, and yeah. that's like, man, that's that's pretty cool. I don't think that it's very hard to let things go, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a big part in business. I think it's a really important thing because, as you said, you can't do everything. You need to you need to decide, and these are tough choices to make. Oh yeah. So, uh, how how did that how did that whole process of going to the university, letting go of the businesses? Because you said sometimes I will bring it a little bit back to my experience. You know, so I'm now in Argentina. I'm traveling around here, but the process of me of deciding of going for this trip was. A few months at least. I went through whole, uh, you know, like I should, I shouldn't, and then there was other opportunities pulling me around, and um, that's how people think I just like decided, oh, I'm going. I bought a ticket, and, but it didn't happen this way, right? It was a, it was a whole process. So what was, what was your process of of going through this change? So, so first, allow me to say that I believe a lot of decisions in our life are reversible, a lot. Yeah. Let, let me say that again for, for, for everyone, for the ones in the, in the back rows. Almost every decision that you make, almost every decision that you make is reversible. What that mm-hmm. means is that if I go and I decide and I realize that my decision was wrong, I can totally undo it. It's as simple, no, well, not, not as simple as, but it's still pretty like simple, like pressing like control Z on your keyboard. There are like mechanisms that, okay, if you go and you apply for a job and you realize like, okay, well, this doesn't really suit me. Dude, you totally, you can just go and say it's my trial period and just go, bye. Uh, you can put in your, your, your pink slip. Okay, you might look like a bit of an idiot for, for, for leaving a job that you joined uh, a few weeks ago, but, but it's reversible, right? Uh, I mean, okay, you get married and, and, Two weeks in, you find out your your significant other is a complete psycho. Then number one, I ask you, how did you see that before? And number two, divorce papers are on the table, right? Like, like I'm going very extreme in my examples, but I'm just saying that a lot of decisions are reversible. And similarly, I made a decision that if I find out was not the right one, is reversible. Likewise, if you really found out that you completely hate being in South America, you can always come back. By the way, that was on the, that was on the plate a few times. Like I thought about it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Like, I can buy, I can buy a ticket. Like I I have enough, but uh, yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> exactly. But for me, I think it's much better to look like a fool by reversing a decision that you've made previously, than to forever and ever. Think about the what if. What that was if? part of that was part of the reason why I went to South America. Yeah, I actually like I I I phrase it a little bit differently. I norm I so I don't regret anything I've done in my life. Although I've done a lot of mistakes, and some of them are really, really, really big fuck ups. But I all of those made me who I am today. They all led me to this journey. Um, but I was thinking about like okay. Because I had three options, you know, I can stay in my current company, I, I got another job offer, or I could go to South America. 
and I thought all of all these freeze what I'm gonna regret if I don't take this step you know taking another job I will find another job if I come back right oh, yeah. it's something that I will be there but going travel that's kind of right now the opportunity that I have but maybe I'm not gonna have it in five years now and if I would be on my deathbed as easy as you talk about immortality would I regret the decision of of not going or not taking the job and I will never regret the decision of not taking a job like I cannot imagine even if the company like exploded the people are millionaires I don't think I would regret it. it's like you know <laughs> there's very little chance I would regret it but not taking the trip that was like there'll be a little bit maybe yeah, yeah. It. like I could have done it but I didn't do it so yeah no totally totally and I think yeah uh, it, it's similar to, to okay I went to to that place in Greece you know I went there basically I gathered like information like I think I'm not sure if we mentioned that on the podcast or just prior to the podcast but that that action is is information you yes. perform an action you make a decision you get information whether that action or decision was the right one and with that information in hand you can make decisions down the line right but if you never make that action you never make that decision you get no information and you will forever be wondering what if right so that's why I'm, I'm much more likely to take an action and then take a loss on the chin as a learning experience and be like, okay, well, I shouldn't have done that. And I'm now reversing my decision rather than not to take the decision at all, because then I'd forever be thinking like, okay, I haven't made the decision, but what if I had, what could have been, uh -huh. you know? Yeah. Okay, so so part of it was this: uh, you can reverse the decision. What else went into the process of of this change? What what else went into the process? Um, so for me, for me, it was um, uh, also a lot of. Pre well, previously it was that I just like devoted myself to 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 definitely not continuing education, and these are statements that I made. I think where I was getting influenced by emotion way too much. For example, when I was like writing my bachelor's thesis, right? I was just like calling home once a week or twice a week, just completely angry out of my mind being like, <laughs> I, this sucks. Why am I studying this? Like, yeah. I, I fucking hate this. So, <laughs> so this is, you know, it's, it's, it's that I maybe made certain proclamations based on just being like fully emotion driven and not like rational. And it's also, it's a case of that sort of like, what's, what's the worst that can happen? You know, I always like to put it, put it to this, like, what's the worst that can happen truly, you know? And when you like, think about it and, and also sometimes, sometimes it's by the way, also, a lot of times, actually, especially considering like somebody, a, a listener of, of this podcast is likely to live in a nice developed country with like certain securities, you know, we're not talking about the edge cases uh, where like people have really terrible decisions to make, you know, but but we're, we're talking about the, the, the frequent sort of do I do I study? Do I not study? Do I take this job offer? Do I not take this job offer? Do I go travel? Do I not go travel? So we're, we're talking about these more like casual, not these like super harsh, super like awful decisions. But, but it's always like realize that still at the end of the day, you have like two or three options 
and all of them are really fucking good. It's just like, like, like I, it's just once I realized that I was like, okay, I don't need to feel anxious about my decision because all outcomes are very good. It's like, okay, I go and I get to live in LA, which was by the way, my dream as a kid. So I get to fulfill my, my childhood dream. And even though I might again, be angry at times when I'm studying, like it's will be a, a blast of an experience and I and I can make a bunch of contacts and I and I'll go and probably do a startup there and and meet like super cool investors and and you know or on the other hand I can totally not do that which fair enough I'll stay in Prague and I'll do my business I'll I'll make money you know I'll scale my business I'll do you know it's like either of the two options sounds really good so it's like or you, you can take a plane and come down to south america or i can take you. a plane <laughs> or i can take a plane and come come to south america that's it no but but it's 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 you know and and the same for you you can either like go to south america and experience something you've never experienced and and just like do something like amazing and see new cultures and just like experience a foreign part of this earth or you can take a job, another sort of job opportunity, which is like, okay, you're not going to be angry about getting a job, right? So it's like, you know, decisions often, I think it's, uh, it's not even the, the, like, the outcomes of the decisions that, that, that creates anxiety. Good. I think it's the fact that you have to make a decision that that creates anxiety in people. Yeah, and and you know it's it's funny because you mentioned um, what well, two things and the ones the question like what's the worst thing that can happen? Which by the way I read long time ago in like the four hour a week I think from oh, Tim four Ferriss. hour work week yeah Tim Ferriss yeah, yeah he he wrote something like that he said like if you have a big decision take like write down what's the worst worst that can happen. And then you write down and you realize it's actually not a bad. And you can also yeah. kind of say what actually I can take to minimize these risks I have here. And then you imagine also what's the best. But I like the, the way you, you put it in there like, well, actually you maybe do realize that none of it is worse, but also everything is pretty good. I never thought about it this way. I like that. And um, and also the other part of the anxiety is most of the, most of the decisions like are irreversible. So you can do an that's what oh, yeah. difference that's. And if, if totally. it's irreversible, you should do the decision pretty quickly uh, and not not uh, not be too anxious about it. Good. And also, 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 I, I think I think it's just like literally, if you have two decisions, this is pretty pretty like cool. I think flip a coin, flip a coin, and I'm telling you, by the time the coin lands, I think you will in your heart of hearts know which one you want. <laughs> yes, and we are going back to you know that's what I'm talking about. That that's you know there's there's a big part you can rationally compare two decisions, but if you didn't came to what conclusion, there's this there's this gut feeling like mm. this feeling that you will I feel I have to do this, you know, yeah. Mm. That was for me exactly uh, exactly this way. Yeah, no, no, I, I completely agree. I think I think um, there's time for for being like 100 percent rational. And 100% not, well, I don't think there's ever a case for being completely irrational. You, cannot, you, can, you can never be completely rational, right? <laughs> you cannot be completely rational nor completely rational. But, 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 you know, I think there is like a, like a case where exactly like consulting 
we can do either one project and it will generate this much and cause this much versus that one and that one or like statisticians or like, yeah. But suddenly when there is this part about like the unexplored, right? I can go somewhere and have the, the, the opportunity of a lifetime. It's not something that's really like countable. It's also very like hypothetical. It's like you, you didn't know how, you know, how it is to, to live in South America in the same way where I, where I don't know what like the student experience will be like in Los Angeles. So it's like a big sort of question mark and you don't, and the question marks aren't very good for rational calculation. So we still, in some instances like this, we completely do have to rely on sort of our gut feeling, which kind of clarifies these unknowns that we have in our brains. You know, and, and if I bring it back to the startup world, there's also some observation, even from my previous jobs, is that people often like, they, they try to do this. If you do a startup that is very innovative, it's really doing something that's kind of reshaping the industry, say. And people often try to put like frameworks for what like happen in other things, yeah, which don't yeah, work yeah. because there's so much you don't know. You know, like there's so much you basically try an action and you find out, well, actually it doesn't work. I don't know, you know, we produce material, but nobody, like if I would make out of the material something else than a fork, how would that look like as a question mark? Because nobody ever done it before. You yeah, can of kind course. of make some assumption around it, but unless you actually make it, you know, it's kind of this Schrodinger cat, right? It's like, oh yeah, is yeah, there yeah. Like, who knows, you know, until you open the box, you, it's, you can guess, but your guess is like very. No, I I completely I completely get you, but but this is something that that kind of is a remnant of the kind of traditional school system and and the traditional upbringing that that like lives within us because in at school you get told like this is correct, this is wrong. You did this. There is one answer to this question. This is right and this is wrong. But uh, and similarly, you get like dogmatically taught that doing this is right and doing this is wrong and doing that is right and doing that is wrong. So so we like in our early days on this planet as as little kids, as children, as as preteens, we get very much taught like this is bad and this is good and and this is the only optimal approach to this and that. And and that is very like badly and very poorly applicable into the startup world where there are no lines between what is good and what is wrong, especially when we're talking about creating the future, where literally, uh, since we don't know the end result, or we have only a very foggy idea of what the end result should be, we have no way to say this is the right approach, or this is the right approach, or this is the right way to do a calculation, or this is wrong. Nice. Th that brings me two questions though we're gonna talk about the school system <laughs> later i have something to add to it but then yeah something i notice about you is that you are very you always give opportunities to to new things they said maybe it's part of the scientific approach you know that you said like don't being dogmatics and uh, actually i like it you know like uh, for example you wrote in one articles right that you have the habits and sometimes you should just drop it oh yeah uh, and I think that's that's important because sometimes also life happens, you know, and you get different opportunities or, or you can get out to, to go to the gym because whatever, it's no gym, it's closed or whatever, electricity goes down. Um, and then that just life happens, right? But how did you, how did you came to being so open-minded and, uh, and kind of seeing like, 
uh, be a little bit flexible, you know, have your have yeah. your values, but don't be like too dogmatic. Be be willing yeah. to change if it makes sense for you. Yeah. So so I think I think it just me. My my beef with with being dogmatic comes actually again kind of from my from my parents and the way I was raised because I was actually christened, so I'm like officially part of the church. Uh, but I'm 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 not I'm not a religious person. But I, I was one of those like babies that they like like baptized in a bit of like like holy water. Just did a little bit of like holy water here, holy water there, uh, <laughs> and there I cried throughout the whole thing. But they were like, oh, the baby loves it for sure. Let let <laughs> let, let him be a Christian. Uh, then I grew up and I was like, guys, I'm I'm really not like feeling this religion thing, uh, and I I'm not really kind of appreciated of the fact that you are like trying to force it on me right by saying like this is this is the way it should be and this is the only right way to do stuff i'm, I'm i don't really like it maybe it came also with like puberty when you like naturally try to be like okay i'm not gonna listen to my parents i'm gonna be cool you know <laughs> but but so, so i don't know i don't know it, it could have been either either one uh, but but basically that was where, where I kind of like broke up with with the idea of, of being dogmatic about about my life's beliefs but kind of being flexible I think yeah that actually the the, the experience the, the, that's one of the most valuable things that that experience taught me that like our habits sometimes we believe that it is these habits that make us strong that make us driven that you've heard all about like the the millionaire or billionaire morning routine and you do this and you do that and you do your meditations and you drink your match tea and you you do gratitude journaling and you work out fasted blah 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 and you feel like this is what what makes you powerful what makes you a good businessman a, a, a you know a productive person a a man of high value as, as somebody like andrew tate would put. but then you actually realize that often these habits are making us like low-key weak because we as a human race as a civilization as species we are so powerful today that's why we rule this planet because through the harshest of times we've been able to adapt in the most ingenious ways right we've been able to basically re-evaluate re our strategies as as societies of of neanderthals and we adapted to harsh new conditions that we didn't expect suddenly animals went out so we needed to plant crops so the neolithic period came around and we learned how to do crops and and suddenly we can we can survive even without hunting animals how amazing but suddenly we create these very strict habits that take our adaptability completely away from us and we become weak and we become less human because we cannot do we cannot reproduce what our ancestors did to survive for this long so i think it's just a matter of yes being like having a routine and uh, but also recognizing that adaptability is inherently human and it's been very important for our survival so why should we suddenly say okay let's be super like rigid about everything that we do i want to go back to the to, to the school system because you said like they're teaching us a lot of things there is one thing i think that schools don't teach you know and that's uh and especially in czech republic and maybe it's different here or or in africa but they don't teach you how to deal with your feelings hmm. 
No, you have been taught for 20 years in the school, like, think, analyze, do these things, but yeah. nobody tells you, like, follow this, follow this uh, gut feeling if you have it between those decisions. And when you said, like, you didn't cry for 10 years, I mean, man, when I was 29, 30, somebody asked me, like, what was the last time you cried? I could not remember. And it took me next four years to really, to to be able to cry with myself and then yeah. around other people. It has been a process of like unlocking those emotions because they were very suppressed. And I think it's part of the Czech culture. I don't know about how I was it in your family, but in my family and a lot of my friends, like we don't really talk about emotions. That's not something very common. You know, mm. it's mostly like very much yeah. hidden in there. And then sometimes, I don't know, something explodes or something, but it's not really something that, uh, that you can see. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think, uh, so schools definitely don't teach that. And it's, you know, I, a lot of people hold old things against sort of the school system. And uh, I, I don't hold anything against the school system. I think it's properly, it's like proper crap. I, I, I don't like it. But uh the goal of the school system from the start has been to create like the most efficient, you know, workers. Back in the day, it was like factory workers. Uh, and uh, like the most productive, like super polished members of like the working society. The, 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 which is, I'm not saying it, it's like mutually exclusive to be a, a super high achieving productive member of the working society versus being happy. I'm not saying it's mutually exclusive. But I'm just saying the primary goal of the school system isn't to make happy people, just like explicitly. Sure, they 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 don't have a problem with with when when the working society is happy. They don't really have an issue with that. I I I'd assume. But I'm just saying that it comes if it comes, it's more of like a nice to have. I I don't see the school system being optimized for the happiness of students in classrooms. If it were, then the such a curriculum would be included. But because it's not a curriculum like that, is nowhere to be seen. So that's my that's my only kind of idea around like education. Just I don't really hold it against them because it's not their goal. Although I should I should it maybe should be reframed, right? I'm not saying it should not be reframed because obviously would be that's much interesting. nicer. It also leaves, lets me like think about, you know, I had a couple of teachers which really kind of influenced my life a lot. I had the best uh, kind of classes with. That's right. And a lot of those teachers were so good because they care about you. They didn't just care about making you the most productive person. They care about making you feel good, making you be happy. They really care about you. you know? Yeah. Like, um, which is rare. It's no, that's definitely, very rare. Uh, the, yeah. But those were like the people that I'm like, man. Yeah. Best classes ever. Like, yeah. 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 I can, I can nice. believe that. I, I, I've had, I've had very few teachers who I felt like that about. Um, I, I do agree. They, they were definitely like the most memorable ones, but you see, it's, it's, why why do we think that they are so like good and so memorable because they did something 
that isn't traditionally associated with being a teacher because it's not a part of the like the traditional profession to be like truly caring and 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 have the best interest of like a student at heart because it's not and I'm not holding it against the teachers again I'm just saying it's just if this was truly the objective of the educational system to feel students to 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 create students who feel like they're being cared for then schools would only and primarily hire people who truly care about their students well-being and this would it would not come to us as a surprise that we've had teachers who care about our well-being it catches us by surprise because a lot of the the, the teachers are complete jackasses right so, so that's <laughs> that that's the thing and yeah so 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 uh, that's I, I but i completely agree that that this is something that should be like re rethought uh because currently it's completely not being covered and on the on the topic of of like emotion and showing emotion i i would like to uh share a a very kind of a beautiful experience that i've had this september so I am convinced that I've genuinely met probably the best group of friends that I'll ever meet, right? I I think a lot of people sort of go into like college or university and they they see that like American movie style of like, hey, I'll go to college and meet my best friend and we'll be like roommates and it's going to be the best person, like going to be my best man or best, like, you know, at yeah. wedding, they're going to be just amazing. Um, it wasn't for me like that at all. Uh, I think also covid kind of like ruined it and i'm totally like an an extroverted person so it's not like i was somewhere alone in my room but it's just that like i never found people who i like truly in my heart of hearts clicked with i met a lot of people who i just like spoke to you know we went to parties but i've never like truly where i felt that sort of like okay you are truly somebody who i would as we in in the czech republic say i would put my hand into the fire for you you know <laughs> so so I've never I've never found anyone like that. Um and I've been kind of like feeling a bit bit crappy about that. But then I actually realized that I don't need to because the group of friends that I have from high school are mm. genuinely the best group of mates I could have ever asked for. Funnily enough, uh so yesterday in this very building we woke up because we were watching the the finals of, of the World Cup. So we were doing like a big watch party. And we keep seeing each other like very frequently and they're they're an absolutely incredible group of guys and we went uh, on holiday together so there's there, there were six of us went on holiday in september and uh we were almost like left stranded in in like the swiss mountains the only reason we were stranded is because we booked like an airbnb to like one place that had no almost like no connection with like public transport <laughs> was somewhere in the mountains so so we we just I didn't know who we were like okay well we we're definitely not spending two hours to just go to the city and then climb back up so we were just sitting there this like one evening and uh, all of a sudden we just said like okay what if doing something like silly and something very like boyish because you know how boys are we just do like completely like stupid stuff we'll just go go like bonkers and and talk about the most random stuff we were like, okay, what if we actually like, like speak about like, like real shit today? And we did. We genuinely did. And and we we we, we did really did. Have, we were up until like three or four a.m. Like talking about some like really deep stuff, you know, like people's secrets, uh, 
we started off quite quite like like easily in a way like okay like oh well who did you fancy in high school like like well i remember that girl went out with the and it started off like very banterish, but then got like very like serious topics of like family, relationship, future, sure. and everything. And also, yeah, it brings it back to that concept of, of vulnerability, allowing yourself to be like vulnerable around the the right people. Uh, sure. You know, it 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 really it, it it just feels like like different to to be able to talk about some things like in a in a way where yeah. there's. And that's, you know, I think I became a lot more vulnerable and open in, in past years. And also it has something to do with the fact that Lisa died, um, which is kind of my sh my way to of dealing with us being more vulnerable and talking yeah. about it more, which got me in a position where, like, you know, when you talk about some very deep shit that happened in your life, like, surprisingly, a lot of people start talking about their stuff as well. Oh, yeah. Because... And like they kind of feel like this is you can, and I have met actually a lot of I made a lot of very deep connections very very quickly in last year and a half with like random people like I yeah, you know yeah. I met on the journey uh, people who texted me on LinkedIn and uh, uh, and I had more deeper discussion with them than with a lot of people that I know long not all of them but some. Uh, so I think that vulnerability is uh, if you want to build strong friendship that like that discussion what you're talking about it is so important and also you know um, in my experience uh, from what I know also around my surrounding in my bubble I would say in Czech Republic we don't really have those discussions like we have those discussions if you have like seven beers and then you're somewhere <laughs> down in a pub in some corner yeah. and you start talking about like the emotion starts uh, opening up with all the alcohol in your blood and uh, yeah. people talk about it. So that's like, it's very wonderful that you that you had that experience, man. Yeah, that was, it was, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's awesome. It's, it's been truly, truly like amazing. And I, and I, and I genuinely, and I, I think I'm very like happy about the relationship that I have with, with my mom. As I said, I, I I absolutely love my mom, and and we have I think an incredible relationship. I I, I very rarely see a relationship like we have, um, it, when like seeing the relationships my friends have with their mothers, uh, because also it's it's also like a very uh, like an open open relationship talking about a lot of you know uh, our like personal struggles, and we've also always been like very honest and and transparent to to one another. Uh, also, like right. knowing the the hardships uh, my mom has has had to to, to sort of like go through, uh, we we talk about deep stuff with you know my my mom as well. But I uh, my point basically, I'm I'm getting lost in my my train of thought. But but my point was to for for people to actually try and and sometimes uh, and 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 actually like do it. It is it will feel a bit like weird. But again, it, it as I said. You might fear it, so because you have fear to talk about something very deep with your mom, your dad, your friends, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, wife, whatever. Because you fear talking about that topic, it probably means that it's the right thing to do. So, yeah. like, go and genuinely like spend time talking about something like very, very deep with literally start with your parents because like your parents 
or your friends, like your closest friend. No, no, not none of this like super surface, superficial shit. Like, okay, well, well, who who is your biggest crush? Who do you like? Who do you like from our class? None of that fake stuff. Like, like genuinely, we spoke about some like like really, really like uh, things that 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 were like very, very serious. Mm. Oh yeah, totally. And um, you can also do it with complete strangers, you know, at the house oh, yeah. because there is no parties. So it, it it depends. But here is my, you know, I I lo at one point in my life I thought I was very much into radical honesty. You know, you say everything to everybody, kind of almost. If I would take it really, really far away. But now I'm like, no, like if you don't really want to know what other people have in their head, like yeah, there's yeah, some space yeah. for like. Yeah. shit and you know there's this emotions and stuff around it but I feel like the way I navigate this now is like if I fear of saying something to somebody then I should talk about it yeah if I if I if I don't fear about it I just don't see need for them to know it then it's fine you know yeah then I'm just then I know it's not important for them to know it's uh, yeah I can share it if I want to but if I don't feel like it I don't have to you know but if I fear, if I'm like, I kind of fear about talking about it, then I know it's important, you know? Oh, yeah, of course. It's, so that's nice. Of course. Yeah, no, no. I I, I, I also had a period of, uh, but I still, in a, in a, at least in a business sense, in a business sense, uh, that was always the first value that I've always spoke about, that I've always put in like our internal value set at uh, whatever company. It's been just like, I call it candor, which is basically like radical honesty. It's not just like being honest when asked, but also not being afraid to bring up the the the, the, the tough topics, uh, just for yeah. the sake of just like being honest. So, but 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 I agree, it, it, you have to strike like a like a right balance. But but yeah, if you fear it, if there is like a rough topic, you fear talking about it with somebody, it probably means you you genuinely should, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other part is also timing, you know. Yes, um, yes. People don't always need to hear everything like at that right moment. That's still something that uh, that I'm kind of trying to figure out. So there's, it's not black or white, right? That's that's the tough part when it comes to to these things. Totally, you need to uh, you need to experiment and fuck up a few times, and then uh, yes, <laughs> uh, nice. So we talk about a little bit about family, uh, shitty jobs, uh, your your future in LA, and the leap of uh, leap of faith. Which I think is important. It's important to take a take a leap of faith sometimes, oh, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. What else? Is there something that we miss out? Something on on the journey of navigating your life that the topic that we omitted. I don't I, I yet genuinely don't think so. I think obviously my life, just like everyone's life, has been like complex. I, I don't think anyone has like a very straightforward life, and if they do, I, I'd say that's it's a pretty boring life. Uh, I don't think I, I just don't think for me that any like moment in my life. I don't treat moments as like like individual moments. It, it sounds like super weird, but exactly as I said, they basically form like a backlog of information that I I am I am amassing over time, right? So for me, like, I very rarely see moments as like moments, but but then then as sort of like learnings, a set of learnings, or just like a a set of beliefs that I hold within me, 
that have arisen from those, you know, events. And I think I've been basically quite expressive about my my beliefs and ideologies. So so I believe we've we've covered quite a lot. That's quite a very interesting way, uh, a very interesting of what you say about how you how you put those words. Because for me, um, I definitely have a lot of lot of moments that kind of tweaked my whole beliefs that are like his stories that I built my life on, like from onwards uh, when they happened. And one of the reasons is that you talked about having a little bit different brain. I have a very different brain for most yeah. of the people. Yeah. Because I have uh, a fantasia. I think I talk about it maybe on the podcast. Good. Which means like I have, and I've been thinking about it a lot lately because I cannot, and if I close my eyes, I cannot visualize anything. But it's not just visualize. Like, it's with basically all my memories are mostly stories. You know, I can't like taste when I close my yeah, eyes yeah, 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 or yeah. smell things. It's very... I have the zeros and ones in my hard drive. All, all the data are there. I can manipulate it, but I can't. Like, and I have the display. I don't have the, the speaker out there that is kind of putting up things and, and setting out the aroma or whatever. That's interesting. So I realized that a lot of lot of the memories that I have are basically stories that I tell myself. Yeah, that's why they help. Why the stories held an extra importance. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, in my life. Mm. So. I think I think yeah I think it's another sort of uh, instance of be, uh, somebody being influenced by their their uh, upbringing because for me my mother she's been a specialist in that and we always joke around uh, because and any time I would do something like literally it could be anything her her first response like would be uh, and what did you learn from that she <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> and she was waiting for me to to to, to say like. What, what I've learned from one experience or another, usually <laughs> I would pull up like random, you know, learnings that I've amassed from this, or I would just try to make them up just to like appease her. Just, okay, mom, yeah, I learned this and that. But she always had like one, like a special one in her mind already pre-prepared. She's like, no, but what I meant is that next time you should. So, so, so my mom always made me search for learnings in events. And I think uh, that shaped my my brain and myself to be more oriented on like finding the learnings in things and 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 creating a solid set of learnings within me uh, that that I then use to to attack the next opportunities and events in the future. <laughs> cool. All right. So I think I think we've we've covered it for today. Awesome. We should definitely have uh, some uh, other podcast in five years. I'm, I'm curious Dude, where you're going to be on the journey. Oh, maybe sooner. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> I got it. Okay. If uh, if people want to get in touch with Oliver, if if you want them to get, <laughs> if yes. you want them to get in touch, where can they where can they find and how can they find? Them? Uh, so probably the best two ways are Facebook, uh, not Facebook. No, Facebook is for, for boomers. We don't use Facebook. We're the, we're the cool. Facebook is gone. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're the cool generation now, man. Uh, so, so Instagram, Instagram, that's more where I go for like personal chit chats. Uh, so it's Oliver.ly spelled Oliver.L-A-R-Y-E-A. And uh, if you're here for it, for the business to make money move, then where you go on LinkedIn <laughs> uh, and on LinkedIn, I'm also Oliver Lai, Oliver space L-A-R-Y-E-A. 
We're going to put everything uh, in the description of the podcast Beautiful. so people can just uh, click it. And if you guys enjoy uh, Broken Compass, don't forget to follow it. Share it with somebody who might enjoy this conversation, who might benefit from it. And uh, you can also find me on Instagram at danik-pesera. Or you can just go to a website, danikpesera.com, where you can find all the information. You can find the blog articles. You can find the blog articles about uh, how I didn't eat for five days, which we talked about today with Oliver. So if you want to do some uh, experiments, I also wrote another article about how I wrote uh, 30 gratitude letters for 30 days, which wasn't really 30 days. So you can find that as well there. Uh, I'll be looking forward to you for to see you at the next episode uh, in coming week. So see you guys and thanks for tuning in.